This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hi everyone, it's Doc with a special announcement. We are going to take a cruise through some of our most popular episodes from prior seasons to get everyone fired up in the hiking off season. Now, our new content will continue to drop on Saturdays each week, but we will also be re-releasing these great episodes on Monday for your morning commute. I know you've all heard about Classic Rock. Well, we're going to call these episodes Classic Doc. Sit back, settle in, and enjoy the ride. This grand show is eternal. It is always sunrise somewhere. The dew is never all dried at once. A shower is forever falling. Vapor ever rising. John Muir Buddy was nowhere to be found. The rest of us each had a burger and beer sitting in front of us at a picnic bench outside of the Tuolumne Meadow store and grill. But Buddy, who had promised to meet us here, was conspicuously late to the party. As Chopper, Big E, B.A. and I made quick work of a long-anticipated meal, we wondered what had become of him. During the long march in Lyle Canyon, Buddy had pled hiking insanity and a need to continue on the trail on his own, ahead of us. He said he would meet us at the grill for lunch, but that had been hours ago. Where was he? I'm Doc, and this is the John Freakin' Muirpod. Welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. 
Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water. Using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going, knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then, you can distribute your podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. All right. Thank you for tuning in this week as we take an in-depth look at the 41-mile section of the trail from Garnet Lake to the northern terminus of the JMT at Happy Isles in Yosemite National Park. We're going to be discussing this section of the trail as we experienced it in a northbound direction. And I am very excited to welcome back to the pod a grand group of guys, uh, Buddy, Chopper, and Big E. How's it going, guys? Doing great. Doing fantastic. Just loving it. We got the exciting news in LA County today that we are extending the stay-at-home order up through July. So, woohoo! But but a lot of the uh, local trails are opening up here. So definitely excited about that. About to go out this weekend and get some good miles in. Well done. Yeah, keep keep the distance and keep the fresh air. It seems that seems to be the guideline. So yeah, that helps. You know what this means? It means a whole lot more podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) We're running out out of trail. (laughs) Nice. Now I've only experienced this section of the trail in its entirety back in 2018 with U3 plus BA. Um, And then in 2019, Jukebox and I covered Garnet, uh, Garnet, there I go again, Garnet to Tuolumne as part of a short cold trip that we did. Uh, Back in episode 15, Buddy, Chopper, and Big E, this group right here, we talked about the section preceding this one, and we left off with us making camp in the rain on the edge of Garnet Lake, having made the acquaintance of and shared our campsite with a lone hiker who, if I remember correctly, was a junior high English teacher. Is that right, Buddy? Do you remember? Is that that your, your recollection? Yeah, I think that's what it was. I definitely junior high. From Washington? Does that sound right? That's absolutely right. We do have some listeners in Washington. You remember his trail name? No. Not for the life of me. Okay. I remember he was a darn cool guy, though. So to give him a shout out, but that's that's as much of a description as we have. So if you are a junior high English teacher in Washington who shared your camp at Garnet Lake 
uh, one rainy evening in 2018. With some uh, hey, handsome and witty fellas and, and one tough cookie. Yeah, re reach out and let us know how you're doing. All right. Hey, before we get too far down the trail, though, let me take care of some preliminaries, as I always do. First of all, still no Alabama, but I do want to welcome a 39th state to the pod. Hello, Wisconsin. All right. Oh, I love America's Dairyland. It looks as if we have a couple of new listeners there, one in Janesville and one in Wanakee. A big shout out to the Cheesehead fans out there. A lot, lot of my in-laws' families all from uh, Green Bay, Fox River Valley area, so love them to death. That would explain uh, why you smell like cheese all the time. Very nice. That is correct. Little, behind, little dab behind the ears. <laughs> they, are a, they are a hearty group out there. Welcome aboard. Also, hey, on the international scene, I want to welcome our 18th country, the Netherlands, to the full. Hey, cool. Hello to our one listener in The Hague. <laughs> I, wonder if, yeah, I wonder if they go hiking in uh, the wooden clogs, uh, how that would feel on your feet Ooh. up in the It might be a little rough. That sounds like <laughs> Blister City to me. Yeah. Of course, you know, I shout out a welcome to that, that one listener, but if he or she is starting with episode one and working forward one episode a week, this message won't be delivered until sometime in September, but uh, that's okay. Maybe all this quarantine be, will be over be by then. Just as welcome then. That's right. And we'll be able to get back out on the trails. All right. On to this week's section of the trail. Here's an overview of the elevation stats for this section. We're going to be starting off the section at just under 9,700 feet at Garnet Lake and working our way towards Thousand Island Lake at 9,830, 9,830 feet. And then up and over Thousand Island Pass at 10,200 feet. From there, it's downhill for a bit until we bottom out at Rush Creek Junction, and then it's steadily uphill to Donahue Pass. The last time you'll be over 10,000 feet as we're heading in this direction, uh, Donahue Pass is at 11,060 feet. After Donahue, it's a steep downhill uh, to Lyle Canyon at just over 9,000 feet, and then we all remember that steady flat march to Tuolumne Meadows at just under 8,700 feet. And then once you get to uh, Tuolumne, you do a little left turn there on the trail. You do a little climbing to Cathedral Pass at 9,700 feet. And then you're cruising downhill the rest of the way to Happy Isles at just over 4,000 feet. So let's, start, let's back up to our starting point. Having just woken up, we've packed up, and we are ready to go on the edge of Garnet Lake. That was a, yeah. super, that was a super cool campsite. I know we touched on it last time, but we were right on the water. And I remember that that was one of the ones as the water uh, sun was coming up. What is that banner peak in the back? Yeah. Yes. The giant one. It's, it's totally pink and reflecting on the water and everything else is Mount Ritter, I think because we're in the shade. And I, I think you had mentioned that before, doc, that you had a couple of good photos for, uh, for posting of us sitting there just kind of watching the sunrise. Yeah. And I think I took that in the one, one of my favorites there was of BA kind of in a thoughtful pose, just looking out over the water um, with the the sun touched peak in the background, and I think I took that on her camera on her phone. So I'm gonna have to get that picture from her so we can post that. That was a great picture. Yeah, really pretty spot. Good way to start the morning. <clears throat> oh yeah. And when we left when we left Garnet, we went straight up for just a little bit. I mean, it wasn't uh, a severe long 
uphill, but we had to go up a little bit to kind of go over that rise and get down to, to Thousand Island Lake. Yeah, because the, the hillside was kind of a, it was a rocky drop down into those campsites. So the trail was up above us. Had to do a little scurry. I remember that, you know, the, the campsites, it was sort of terraced. It was one and then down below the other, you know, and then huffing up over, the, over that hillside, get going over the rocks. Um, you made quick time for sure. And getting to look at Garnet Lake the whole time and all those colors and all the reflection and everything that, that is, uh, yeah, that, that's a, that's a landscape photo right there. Yeah. Thousand Islands is pretty similar too. <clears throat> really great mm -hmm. reflections of the mountains in the back. And I think that was one of those spots where I just kind of sat there for a while and stared. It was another yeah. one. Okay. We're just going to sit a little longer. <laughs> Yeah, what do you what do you think the the distance was or the the time between Garnet and Thousand Island? I, I have it on my mind that was just like maybe just a, an uh, hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, like I was gonna say it was about a mile and a half ish. It it couldn't have been more than an hour or two. Yeah, uh, it's probably it was less than an hour then. Yeah. yeah, it's a good thing we didn't try to do that the night before because we were a little uh, tuckered out. That it was a, a bit of a yeah. climb that would have been rough, but uh, it was it wasn't so bad in the morning. Yeah, it was it was starting to get dark too. Heading in, but yeah, I, I think it's I think it's within three miles, so not not too far. There's a lot of people around there too. I don't know if there's other trails across, and I think isn't that where the PCT kind of comes in and out? Yeah, and I, I think we were coming down into Thousand Island. I want to say we actually saw like you know horses or donkeys, like people leading those kind of far off in the distance. So we weren't too far away from uh, you know some other forms of civilization out there. Yeah. It's it's a pretty popular place. There's there's a bunch of bunch of trails that come in towards Garnet and Thousand Island Lake. So it, it's it's pretty popular for good reason. The place is amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah, I think in one of one of my hiking videos, I made the wisecrack that uh, one of the in, one of the things I've learned on the trail is that horses don't dig cat holes, and uh, you know where. By the way, where are all the, where, where's all this this horse, horse crap come from? Because I've never seen horses on the trail. But I was I was fibbing a little bit because I do remember seeing those horses. That uh, I don't know if it was a mule train or or what it was in the distance at Thousand Island Lake. It, they were they're definitely packing something in or packing something out. Yeah, on, on one of the sections we were doing, I remember they were bringing bringing out some some young horses with with a couple of older ones, and they said they're just getting them used to the pace. That the youngsters get a little get a little weird. So give them time on the trail and the older ones kind of show them the way to mellow out a bit. And what that's do you remember? What do you remember from that? E too. <laughs> Chopper, what was that? That's how it was, that's how the same way hiking with Biggie. <laughs> Young and uh, He mellows me out. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta keep him down. Just breaking him in. That's right. That's why I ride him around the campsite. There we go. <laughs> and the trail kind of hugs along the the uh, the edge of Thousand Island Lake for a little bit before climbing up, and then you're you're kind of over overlooking Thousand Island Lake. I thought that was a pretty cool hike coming coming up out of that area. Yeah, a lot of cool pano shots there, and definitely at that angle, you can definitely see why it's called Thousand Island because where we were more on like the eastern side, a couple little islands, but once you get up, it, they're just dotted everywhere. Got a couple of trees on them everywhere. It's just glass reflection it's gorgeous yeah and i know it's a pass because of the elevation but it's more just kind of a hump you just kind of go up and over it wasn't it wasn't really dramatic it wasn't like uh just, you know awe-inspiring like some of the passes it's just like oh hey we're at the top i guess we're going down now yeah, th <laughs> yeah. Th thousand island pass you're talking yeah. about yeah. yeah once we get we get past thousand island 
and we're going around the lake and then we're climbing up a little bit. You're right. We're just kind of walking upwards slightly. And at some point it, it kind of levels off and you start going down a little bit and you're like, Oh, I guess, I guess that was the pass. And yeah, uh, I think there's like a little tiny lake up there or a little more like a pond that we really stopped at for a little bit, grabbed some water, but yeah, there wasn't really a crazy pass that we were going over. Was it, was it Thousand Island Lake where off beyond it, you could see that there had been like some kind of civil works project or something, something damn like there was, there was, debris or, or previous something looked oh, like something that. had gone off. That's, that's sounding kind of familiar, but I can't really place. And, and, and we were just trying to, you know, huff it on up out of there. So it, not like we really sat there and, and studied yeah. it, but I remember it seeming out of place. It, it felt to me like at one point that there, there must've been a road you could like drive right to it. Really? Thousand Island Lake? It was around there. Yeah. I don't remember that, hmm, I don't remember that at all. And then, you know, then, then the, the, the trail side tee that I had made sort of wore off and I, I couldn't see of any of that, can't I guess, <laughs> apparently, since I'm the only one that remembers it. <laughs> the, the, the high country peyote was uh, really good for you. All right. So which, which lake uh, was prettier, Thousand Island or Garnet? I think they were totally different because of the time of day. Yeah. The, the colors on Garnet were neat because of sunrise. Yeah, but when we got up above Thousand Island, it was unbelievable, just all those little islands. But yeah, I, I agree that the light off of Garnet was like unbeatable sunrise. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to get a, get a little, uh, you know, corny with it. And, and like a lot of the stuff in, in backpacking, you, you sort of get out what you put in. And, and the fact that coming around Garnet, we were, we were dropping down for it, looking for a campsite, knowing we were out of time. It was like, there was so much of it that, that we had to think about and it was kind of calling to us. And we're like, all right, what are you gonna offer us? Are you gonna, are you gonna let us, re oh, no, this campsite's taken. No, no, this is too steep, you know? Um, so I, I think we kind of ha really had to invest in, in Garnet and then, then Thousand Island, we're like, oh, nice to see ya. <laughs> we're, we're heading up and over. So, so you saying I, are you saying, buddy, that I like Garnet, Garnet, Garnet was, better? Okay, that Garnet was we we savored Garnet a little bit more because we had to work hard for it. Bingo! Yeah, got it. Leaves left more of an impression for me for sure. Yeah, buddy, where where does Garnet uh, rank in the in the top ten most beautiful spots on the trail? Um, oof. It's it's different than than what usually draws me in. I usually like the one that just makes you feel, um, I don't know, like 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 you could have a log cabin and and spend some time. Um, I didn't get that one from Garnet, but just the the beauty of it, uh, beauty wise, probably top two or three. Um, yeah. All right. It's up there. It's pretty cool. All right, and what do you guys remember about the trail between Thousand Island Pass and and heading up to Donahue? I, I I do remember thinking that we kept going down and going down and going down and going down, and then we finally bottomed up. We're like, oh no, we have to climb even further up out of this canyon that we're in. It was a gorgeous canyon. It got it just got hot, and we kept going down, and then suddenly we we started going right back up again. Can't, I can't remember the name of that creek that created that little canyon right there or the river yeah going up to donahue was pretty neat i mean it was a oh, going up great <laughs> i just remember we bottomed out and then yeah, had a, it took a while to get down to the bottom yeah i think that i think that creek big e was uh rush creek 
That sounds right. I think that was Rush Creek Junction where we kind of bottom out and then we start going back up again. It's it's kind of painful knowing that um, for every step downhill, you're gonna you're gonna pay that back. That's uh, <laughs> the thing. You know, there, you know, there's a pass coming and you're going downhill. It's like okay, let's just start it. Let's just get, let's get going. Yeah. <laughs> and for for me, that was the first time I had been back up in the mountains since I had my helicopter ride. So I was super nervous about going up and over that pass. Like, okay, do I want to go over 10,000 feet again? And I just remember really, it was in the back of my mind that whole day. Of, yeah. Okay, well, take your time, take your time. Drink a lot of water, don't, don't rush. And we, we did, with the mileage we had to do, we, we made sure to, to take breaks, you know, to give ourselves that. Uh, make sure no, nothing's screwy. We're, we weren't going to have another helicopter tripped out of there. And then with the afternoon and, and or morning and evening when the smoke would pull in from, from the fires that were going on, yeah. that, that was on my mind too. Yeah. Cause yeah, that was still during the, during the Ferguson fire and roughly about like two or three in the afternoon is when all the smoke started coming in. And we were hoping it, that we could get to Tuolumne. You know, yeah. back to our minds is like, okay, that's great. We can go all the way to Yosemite Valley. But we knew like, we, we really hope we have to go, we can make it all the way to Tuolumne before the fire sets in. Yeah. Then that they weren't going to, closed Tayuga Pass so not right. only could we make it there we could get a yeah. ride out <laughs> we, we, we could somehow get out of the park and the bus could pick us up and take us back to the mammoth <laughs> so and Chopper put our put our li listeners uh, out of their misery let them know did you make it over Donahue okay or did you need another chopper ride? I don't, I don't want to spoil the story we'll, we'll okay. get there we'll get there chronological okay. I, I, I do remember once we started going up we were following this big kind of kind of kind of a cascade thing up um, and it was, you know, come through some brambles. We were, we had a good amount of just like, you know, log crossings, nothing crazy, but it was consistent all the way up until I think BA called it the, uh, the fairy wonderland up top. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that was very yeah, I memorable. I, I really enjoyed that section. And for some reason, I, you know, I kind of built that up for jukebox when we went the, the following year, uh, in, uh, in September of 2019 and it, it struck me as a little bit different I don't know if it was just the time of year difference or what it was but it didn't really pop as much as it did that trip with with us that trip with us it, that that fairy wonderland it reminded me of the Shire and, and the yeah. Hobbit and it reminded yeah. me of that same kind of uh landscape between um on your way up to Pincho mm -hmm. um just kind of flat and gorgeous and green and a river running through it it was just it was it was beautiful yeah it was all like it, the, it almost it looked man-made yeah it was like all the big boulders and then it was the creek with like the the grass growing basically down to the yeah. water there were wild mm -hmm. flowers, a couple marmots it was awesome if you're on a golf course you would be like okay this is really cool this looks like this the area. <laughs> <laughs> now we know where they got the idea the marmots were all running around we were all videotaping the marmots they were like having <laughs> They're all wrestling each other and screwing around. Yeah, it was like we were waiting in line at the Matterhorn at Disneyland. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it, Diggy. But yeah, I remember taking a couple of breaks up there, and that was another. That was another one of those times that we were looking up. We we're like, okay, where is the pass? Like, where are we gonna go from here? Because it just turned all to rock, and we couldn't find a trail. And then suddenly the wind shifted, and the big smoke clouds started coming over. That's it was right. Really hard, it was really hard to figure out where the pass was after that because it was like we were going into this this abnormal cloud. For really sure. I I remember the uh, the the fairy wonderland that you're know, casting the spell. We took a little break and I'm looking around going like, "You guys really want to go hike some more right now?" Like <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm pretty good. 
I, I, I definitely thing. wanted to stay the whole afternoon. Yeah, and after that break, we were, we were you couldn't tell if if we were going to go up and to the left around that mountain or if we were going to go to the right. And and it was one of those times where it, it literally could have been 50-50. We had no idea which way it was going to go. We could not pick out the trail. And we were about halfway uh, down that valley, um, and the, the wind shifted. Um, like Big E said, all that smoke kind of rolled in, and, and it, it changed in a hurry from just being absolutely crystal clear to being real hazy. Yeah. yeah. It, it goes from walking in the Shire to climbing the mountains of Mordor pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And kind of going like, hey, I – is that is it just cooling down and a little bit of fog is that smoke is it and you know first thought but within 10 minutes you're like oh no 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 yeah and <laughs> now we're covered in it didn't it start drizzling on us too as we were going up the hill yeah it was really strange yep. weather when we were going up the steps yeah i think we got a couple drops yeah now i, I just have to chime in here because uh, you know uh, donahue pass was named after a sergeant in 1895 by Lieutenant N.F. McClure. He's the one that named this Donahue Pass. Now, this N.F. McClure. He was a bad N.F. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> N.F. <laughs> McClure was not the same McClure that McClure Meadow is named after. So don't get, don't get confused there. Because, you know, that, that was named. McClure Meadow was named after California State Engineer Wilbur F. McClure, if you remember in honor of his assistance in building the JMT. This McClure, who named Donahue Pass and Donahue Peak, was Nathaniel Fish, if you're wondering what the F stands for, Nathaniel Fish McClure, who was a, a strong name. That's he not even a, in quotes. That's his real middle name is Fish. That's his, real, <laughs> that's his real middle name. He was a lieutenant in the 5th Cavalry and stationed in Yosemite in 1894 and 1895. I have no idea why the military was stationed in Yosemite, but uh, there you have it. And evidently he did a lot of extensive mapping of the area back then. Man, I'd, if I was in the military, I'd love to get that assignment. Right? <laughs> exactly. There are who worse you, places you have to, to pay off. <laughs> yeah. They were like the original uh, forest rangers or something. Mm -hmm. Must have been. So yeah, it started raining on us and had, there was ash. We were, we were kind of covering our mouths uh, with our, our buffs, trying to keep the, the particulate matter out. It was, it was not really healthy air. And uh, you kind of climb up over these rocks, uh, kind of scramble over these rocks towards the end uh, as you're getting up to the peak. You guys remember that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this was, this was you know, an unusual pass because this is the only pass that I can remember where there is a small lake right there at the pass. Yeah. It's like a pond. Yeah. Not really a lake. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was there. Yeah, but it was, uh, it, that was one of those ones we got. I think we even said we were like, wow, this would be a spectacular view, but just we are completely socked in right now. But it wasn't like we were trying to get out of the storm. We, we could still take a break and stuff, but it was just kind of like, well, I guess we're at the top, so here yeah. we are. <laughs> yeah, because of the smoke, we didn't have a view either way. It was just we were up in the cloud. Yeah, do you remember what else we found up there on top of the on top of Donahue Pass? Marmots. Yeah, marmots. There was a, yeah. There was a little marmot soap opera that I think B B A and I were uh, eating a snack, watching. There were like three of them fighting over a little patch of grass. It was it was pretty funny making names for them. These are narrating a story. Very nice. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we found something else though. Remember? Ah. Uh, you got to hum, hum a few bars. We found a single bar of cell service. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. 
we were all scrambling to send on a note of hi. <laughs> yep. And that was a struggle. That was a struggle to get that two word text message out. Uh, yeah. I, I remember uh, yeah, I, I took, took a little peek to, to see what Twitter could tell me about the status of the Ferguson fire. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, we looked, were we were in the fire at this point. So. Yeah, look, looked like we were going to make it to Tuolumne. You're right. That's because I did I did send in a note to Mrs. Chopper that I made it to the top of the peak and made it made it over. So no <laughs> helicopter rides for me. Yeah. Yep. All right. So we crested over the top of Donahue and started heading down. Yeah, and um pretty sure Donahue Pass is the, the kind of the, the point on the JMT where you officially leave the Ansel Adams Wilderness and you actually drop into Yosemite National Park going north the way we do. So for the rest of this, we're in Yosemite National Park. That's right. And you know, the 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 trail, the John Muir Trail passes through a number of national parks and wilderness areas. I think we have Yosemite National Park. We've got Ansel Adams Wilderness, John Muir Wilderness, and Kings Canyon National Park and Sequoia National Park. So you get a get a, a small slice of heaven from each of those. Good times. Yep, truly heaven. Now, now we're heading downhill and we've had several discussions on the trail about you know, what is the most desirable uh, type of trail out there. And many people I think would agree or would, would guess that downhill is the preferred trail. And in my opinion, it is not. I prefer to yeah. go uphill. I've, I would rather go uphill where you can always slow your face. Downhill, whoo, those knees. Yeah. You just get pounded. I, I have a history of knee problems and I'm not a fan of steps and going down real quick. The, uh, yeah, like the, in, in the early episodes of the pod and we're talking about, you know, giving some insight and helping people get going, um, going downhill, uh, a trap you can fall into if you're not conscious of it is, um, to get, you know, super technical nerdy here. You, you end up favoring your dominant foot for coming down on. And so, you know, I, I, I'd get real beat up ball of my foot and ankle or knee on my right foot unless I'm you know consciously right nope now left now right now left spread it around yeah I did the same thing I would consciously switch which ones I was going to go up and down with in favor yeah I, I, I would notice at least on my trekking poles I'd just be putting so much just effort into my shoulders so then we take a break and I take off my pack and I'm like oh my god I'm dying <laughs> right now <laughs> buddy i just i just want to know do you next to your topo maps don't lie tattoo yeah. do you have super nerd also tattooed there uh it's on the it's on the other shoulder <laughs> so so i you know when uh when facing my trail adversaries i know which one to lean forward <laughs> the tough one and uh you know that, then for discussion I, I try to sound wise when really i'm not yeah. So here, here's the definitive list. I'm going to put it out here. The definitive list of preferred hiking trail. Okay. And you can, you can, uh, you can fight about it later. Go ahead and, and send in your, your criticism or, or your comments to the social media or uh, email. The preferred trail is slightly uphill. Yep. Followed by slightly downhill. Followed by 
uh, moderate uphill, followed by moderate downhill, followed by severe uphill, followed by severe downhill. Severe downhill is the worst trail there is. And there are also different variations of those based on what the, the uh, surface of the trail is like. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of rocks and tree roots that is highly undesirable. You yeah. want a nice, nice flat dirt uh, path in front of you. Yeah, there's a couple points on the trail you get gravelly and sandy, and those just those just take it out of you too. I don't yeah. like the bro- the big broken rocks about the size of your fist. Those yeah, were all that scree, yeah. whatever. Yeah, when they they've got a blast trail out of it, and then you just you're grinding over it. And yeah, my trail name was almost Rock Kicker. I think I've kicked <laughs> a thousand rocks at least on on the Jumier Trail. And I'm guessing you're and they don't move. They don't move. <laughs> just just FYI. I'm guessing you're bringing this up because the downhill right now is brutal coming down Donner. I mean, uh, um, Donahue at this point. Donner too. Yeah, Donner Donner's is bad. Tough. Donner's a bad place to be. <laughs> but Donahue, this is that's one of those down. Kind of makes me hungry. Down and steep and down. And and I, this was definitely the point too where we were like, at, same thing. But it's like, wow. At least we're not going uphill on this either, because this, this would suck. Yeah, that was a, that was a tough downhill. And what what we were talking about, and you can clearly see it going uphill. You're, you know, if you're doing the north to south JMT, you're you're only a few days in, and you're climbing like a mother. Yeah, yeah. So that was my that was my list. That was the definitive list. And how do the the social media experts or the, the Twitter experts uh, say it? Don't at me, bro. <laughs> wow, you are. That's weird. right. Yeah. I am one hep cat. <laughs> I'm. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm gonna. I'm gonna agree with uh, with the, the Twitterverse. That's that's pretty accurate. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. So, hey, what do you remember about the the bottom of Donahue? <clears throat> um, I do remember coming across a, a really cool lake that we were kind of walking around, and there was someone coming in the opposite direction wearing a kilt. Yep. And it just seemed very out of place. That is right. I he, forgot about the kilt guy. Yes. Mark he was, smiled and waved. And, <laughs> and he had like a big, big, like, it looked like a log for like a walking stick, too. Yeah. And he was motoring. <laughs> Isn't that what they do in the Scottish Highlands? Don't they play some of those Scottish games where they, they, they throw, throw those up. huge logs? <laughs> kind of well, it, kind of kept in character. Yeah, this hiker certainly at least thinks so. <laughs> He's got to stay in character. That's awesome. I was just thankful that uh, we didn't encounter him on the trail where it was such a steep uphill that he got ahead of us, right. uh, got above us, and, and revealed actually what was under a you know under a kilt. Yeah, didn't we wanna, were, didn't we were know. those guys. As opposed to our other friend who uh, let us know what was not behind the kilt. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't, didn't have a kilt, didn't have yeah, much. Just the fanny pack. That's right. And, and I remember a couple times, you know, gusts of wind would come and you could like make out a bit more of the pass. You could start to see some snow-capped mountains, but then the smoke would just keep coming in. So a lot of this, I just felt like it was, you know, a lot of downhill and we just kind of put our head down because there wasn't really much to look at. Yeah, let's, let's get yeah. through this. It slowly yeah. cleared up, but it was a down, down, down. And, and we could see the bottom of the uh, the valley where we are going to, and it was way down there. And mm-hmm. I've got a pretty cool story for you from 2019 when Jukebox and I did this. We we stopped at that little lake at the bottom of Donahue, or at the, you know, at the bottom of the descent there, and we were filtering water. And lo and behold, these two women come uh, running around the trail because the, the trail kind of goes left and um, – 
as you're heading towards Tuolumne that goes, goes left around kind of this rock outcropping and then, and then disappears back behind that, uh, back to the right. And so these, these two women come running around the trail and they are in obviously running gear. They're in trail runners. They've got uh, hydration packs on. There's no backpack. There's no hiking poles, nothing like that. And so we figured, oh, they, they came from Tuolumne. I mean, this is just a, an out and back for, for them. They stopped briefly at that little lake while we were filtering. And I asked, I said, hey, where are you guys heading? And she, without missing a, a beat, they said, uh, we're, we're heading to Red's Meadow. And they were, they were going to do Tuolumne to Red's Meadow trail run in a day. Because they did not have any camping gear, nothing. It, I was, I was just, that just blew my mind. So amazing. So impressive. Yeah. I mean, as they're blowing by me and I'm huffing and puffing, I, 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 uh, I feel like they're, <laughs> they're doing it at me for a second. But really, uh, you know, that's only for a second when I realize how impressive they are. Yeah. That, that's just incredible. It's like show-offs. <laughs> and not a one of them is, is show off type. They're all like, Hey, how's it going? Excuse me. It's super nice. But I'm like, that, that's all my stuff. Damn yeah. Young fit people. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we got to this point probably, uh, was it mid afternoon? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember we got to like that kind of midpoint Lake and then we were going down and it was kind of like, you know, those steps, it kind of felt like more of like a slide, but mm -hmm. like a big kind of meadow underneath us with a, the river from that lake as it was coming down. And we were just, we, like I said, we were just trying to make miles and it was boring because it was smoky. Yeah. yeah we as, got we, back as we got lower, we could see more and more of the meadow and right. it, like we got underneath the smoke. Yeah. And then we finally got back into the tree line and we, we camped right next to a bridge. You guys remember that? Yep. Yeah. Uh, it was a bridge over, I believe, uh, Lyle Fork. Right. Yep. Right. And we actually I, crossed that bridge and looked for some campsites on the other side. Those were occupied. So we came back uh, across the bridge again and just kind of uh, found a, a few sites on either side of the trail. They weren't too far off the trail, but uh, they were good enough for the night. Yeah, those are cool campsites. Close to the trail. Yeah, <laughs> logs through them. You can sit yep. down, set your stuff on it, all that. I'm pretty sure a campfire, like some of us were sitting on the rocks that kind of made up part of the trail border. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, shot shot a little uh, time-lapse video yeah, at that bridge as the sun went down. That's right. Because we, we got some cool uh, fire smoke sunsets on this yeah. part of the trail, and that was definitely one spot. I'm going to include that time-lapse sunset into a uh, social media post this week. That'll be good. Yeah, let's get it out there. So we camped out there the next morning. Lots of deer. Lots of deer in the campsite. Yeah, there were. Mm -hmm. Lots of uh, lots of morning deer. Yep. Yeah, it kind of in in all directions. They were at the creek in the water. They were on the on the hillside that climbed up from behind us, and uh, you know, just having having a little breakfast, nibbling all the green stuff. Mm -hmm. Good good time. And if we thought the downhill on Donahue was bad, Whoa. we we, we <laughs> encountered we encountered the the next level of hell on the. Oh, that morning that doing that downhill was worse than any uphill we could have done right after waking up that sucked yeah, yeah. yeah. big big drops big rocks twists turns yeah oh. we were falling fast yeah so not only was it severe downhill but it was it was real cruddy footing uh with yeah. rocks and roots and everything else it was it was brutal it was one of those patches of the trail where you had to watch literally every footfall, every foot placement for it seemed like two hours. 
Yeah. yeah. I, I remember it's like really slippery granite too. But the one, one thing I totally remember too was zero smoke. We were getting closer and closer to the valley and the fire and it was a beautiful morning going down that valley. It was mm-hmm. absolutely it was like- it was like that every day. The mornings were crystal clear, and then the evenings were totally smoky. It's like about three o'clock, the wind would flip. Yeah, I'm not sure what time of night it flipped back, but it was every morning. It was just crystal clear. Yeah, because yeah. that was the first time we looked up and we we're like, "Oh, there's Donahue. That's what it looked like. That's that we came yeah. down with mile peaks right there too. You can see it." Yeah. So we descended from our campsite next to Lyle Fork. We descended down into Lyle Canyon which is just an absolute gorgeous canyon. And both of those, as well as Mount Lyell, are named after Sir Charles Lyell, who was a noted geologist in his time. And he actually has a number of things named after him, including, if you can believe this, craters on the moon and Mars, as well as peaks and mountain ranges in Tasmania, Australia, and New Zealand. What a guy. He's got it all. You know what I have named after me? Your children. <laughs> and not even <laughs> this that. Podcast. Not even that. <laughs> A podcast, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> coming uh, on the the technical side of it, coming down that those steep steps and the rocks and everything, um, I've I've abandoned using my my poles as as hiking poles. Just had them collapsed and in one hand, just because they were, you know. Yeah, like Big E, you're saying try to take the load off and load it, spread it across your shoulders a little bit. But they were they were more trouble than they were worth. So I was just holding them out like uh, you know high wire kind of thing off off to the side and picking my way through. Yeah, we finally got down into Lyle Canyon, got in some some flat some flat path there. Uh, I remember in Lyle Canyon just looking uh, up at the. Um, the hillsides, the mountains on either side of us, and just how every single tree was was green. You know, there was we've been in parks before. We've all been in parks where we've seen the the effects of the bark beetle and the dead trees, uh, the number of dead trees everywhere. Uh, but th- there was not a sign of that in Lyle Canyon. It was just absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely. For how steep that trail was, Lyle Canyon. The rest of the way is super flat super flat and miles and miles of super flat and 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 i remember because and we just kept going and we were seeing more and more people who were just doing little day hikes out from tuolumne meadows and all something Mm -hmm. super accessible like if you're gonna go camping up in tuolumne meadows which i highly recommend it's gorgeous place definitely take a little couple mile hike into that canyon just to take that in that's unbelievable yeah, you know you were close to civilization when you encounter hikers that smell good. Yeah. <laughs> we knew we were really like, cool. Or, or they react to you showing you you definitely don't smell good. <laughs> I knew we were close when we came across people carrying open beer cans. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Now, I, I, have a, I have a few stories to, that I want to tell about this particular stretch. One is we encountered a trio of, of uh, young yeah. women. Yeah, yep. who, who were out there uh, backpacking from San Diego, from San Diego. That's right, Ooh. and they were on their their first. Their, I think it was their first backpacking trip. They were going to yeah. head to. Were they heading to Reds Meadow? I yeah. think that was their goal. The, uh, and, I, I know, and, that, and, I, and maybe go on to the to Whitney if it, if it worked out. 
That's yeah, right. Either, what do you, what do you either, remember about those either three? Either go almost halfway or go the whole GMT. We'll, we'll yeah. decide on the way. And, and I, I remember their goal for the day was to get up and over Donahue, and we met them probably, you know, 11 o'clock in the afternoon, and they were still miles away from even starting their uphill. They, 11 o'clock in the were, afternoon? They were on, they were on day two. They, they had already stopped to camp. Wait, 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 wait. You guys are, are glossing over this. I want to know about 11 o'clock in the afternoon. Hey, you know what? Like, it, it, English is not my strong suit, all right? You know what I mean. It was already warm. Like, there you go. Yeah, yeah so they, they the, they're so determined. Unequipped, so unready. But they there were, they were. I mean, yeah. the, the, and neither were we really, like, you know, doing all of this. Like, we're not expert mountaineers, but we were like, you guys are going to have a hard time getting getting over that pass for the day. Like, that's that's not. I hate this break it to you. It's not probably what you think it's going to be. Well, let's yeah. just put they, it this way. They, they, they hadn't had their first real climb yet. I mean, no. talking with them, they had already stopped early and camped. And, you know, along the section, we were just talking about being quite flat. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They were exhausted after five miles of flat out of Tuolumne. <laughs> and we were all trying to be super nice and everybody being really <laughs> friendly. And then we kind of walked by and every one of us looked at each other. Oh, they're so screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope they're okay. <laughs> and Brian, it was at this point or near this point where you decided that you you're, you just were inside your head too much and you needed to kind of strike out on your own and uh, get some solo hiking in at a, <laughs> a faster pace than we were doing. I, I got a little bored, um, not of you guys, but just the, the, the hike and everything. And we were at... We were just <laughs> at two different mindsets, um, I'm, I'm thinking, because you guys were kind of like, sure, might as well break again. And I'm like, well, we did just break 20 minutes ago. <laughs> so, yeah, so, like five um, miles from Tuolumne. We're like, oh, you're, you're 100% right, but I was just getting bored. And then so then I was like, I don't want to stop. And, you know, so that was leaving me a little bit frustrated. And the, there's no good reason for it. So I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to get a pace going and, and see what I can do. I'm going to meet you at the, uh, at the Tuolumne store. And so Buddy, Buddy uh, picks up his pace, and in short order, he kind of disappears in the distance in, in amongst uh, the trail as it's going uh, in, in and out among uh, some trees. And, and we don't see him again for quite a while. And this is one of the, the stranger, uh, funnier stories of the trail. This was, this was, you, this was you say great. stranger and funnier. I, I, I put it like stranger, yes, and I'm going to say stupider. <laughs> is, is one of the it things. was also right around that time. I don't remember if you had, had taken off yet, where we were all sitting there on, on a rock, and the marmots came up on BA. Yep. And that marmot like walked straight up to her, uh, almost like walked under her leg as she was sitting there and like just kept on walking. It was just, we were taking yeah. pictures and videos. Of, oh, look how cute, look how cute. And it, it had no fear. Yeah. Yeah. Buddy, buddy, were you Whenever, there at that time? Do you remember that? I do remember that. Yeah. Okay. Marmots are crazy when when they're around people a lot. I I know one time at uh, at trail camp um, doing an ascent of Whitney, I you know just shift in readjusting some stuff. I set my pack down and I pulled out a little PB and J, and the marmot 
started burrowing into my backpack, like to see what else I have. Yeah, you know, yeah. when they're around people a lot, they do not no care. Yeah, yeah, and, well, th that's another sign you're getting closer to population where you're like, oh, this this mart's been fed by people before for sure. <laughs> yeah, this this will this is at a different section of the trail. We'll talk about it in our our last section. But up at the up at uh, near Trailcrest Pass, where the the sign the, the sign indicates you know two miles this way to Whitney, when people put their packs down, they, they kind of drop their packs there and climb up to the top of Whitney un, unpacked. Uh, the the marmots there are pretty fat. They they live off of those those packs and are known to burrow in there and and just go to town. Yeah. But she had this this marmot had no fear whatsoever. I got some great pictures, maybe even some video of that marmot getting you know walking right by her. I'm talking like within. I don't know, six, eight inches of her, which yeah. I wasn't sure if it was rabbit or what. I wasn't taking any chances, but she, <laughs> she held her ground. Yeah, she, she has a, Bia took a good photo of it like in her shadow. And then, I'm, and then I think it walked past her and climbed over my trekking poles and then just kind of sauntered on off into the, uh, into the brush again. Yeah. And so that last few miles to Tuolumne, it was, it was truly like a death march. It was, it's in a perfect example of, okay, you've got flat trail, but it really was not um, that enjoyable because it, it was nine miles of flat from when we get when and, we got off that descent. That's just a, beautiful, beautiful, yeah, gorgeous, really? but but monotonous. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was just monotony. And then we got into the trees for a little bit. That's when we started seeing like the people walking around with beers. And then we found uh, where like the Tuolumne River comes in, and those like cool kind of bridge crossings. And then I I, I don't know if you guys remember like. Buddy was gone for hours and then we were just like we couldn't figure out how to get back to where we said we were going to meet him at the general store i remember we like there were yeah. like 10 different branching trails that yeah we where to go you get to civilization and the signage is pretty weak of, okay where's the store and there was it was the road is right there and there's yeah. parking lots but we couldn't figure out which direction the store was so finally well, we i i'd never been to the Tuolumne store, but I've seen plenty of pictures and everything. So I, I found it super easy, you know, to, to tell my version of the story. I pulled right off the trail, went right over to the, you know, saw the structure, went right to it. Uh, there, were, there was other people hanging around that, that had spent the night there in the High Sierra camp. That's a, that's a clue for those of you that know the area well. Okay, um, and time out, time out right there. Hold that thought. Because as, as you know, Buddy is probably... I don't know, 45 minutes ahead of us. And we, we uh, finally find the, I think it's a, I think it was it crushed granite or was it, uh, you know, the small, small rock path? It's probably about a half mile long. We finally stumbled upon it. Okay, this is the way to get to the, to the store. Yeah, we, get to like the st we, we get to the store. Right next to it is this, this little cafe, this, this grill. Where's Buddy? Where's Buddy? He, you know, he, he should be here. I mean, he, he was way ahead of us. We order burgers and beer for uh, the four of us and we sit down on a picnic table outside of of the grill and we're looking around where's buddy where's buddy go ahead buddy pick up your story <laughs> so you know I, i'm there i'm uh, i always try to be a resourceful guy um and and i see the uh, the people that were um were there for the high sierra camp um and I, I also notice where the uh, where the shower room is, so I you know take a little quick scrub up, a shower, and then I uh, go thief. go sit in the sun to dry off. The whole time I, I left my pack right next to to the wall of the store, so it would be very clear for you guys to walk by and see where I was. And then I'm I'm bored in the sense of like I'm just trying to dry off a little bit, and where are they? You know, 
they they must <laughs> they must have taken more breaks than I even thought. And so then I was like, you know, um, they they're at a they they checked the store. They didn't see my pack. They they're closer to the road or the parking lot or something. So I'm gonna go check for them. And it, it, this has been to where I've waited too long. You know, in the place where I know I'm in the right spot. So I walk out to to the parking area, um, and you know, first I'm heading over to a place where it's closer to the road. That's more where I'm going to find you. It's a little too sunny. So I scoot over to this other side and then there's a map and I go, well, I'll be, I'm only at the high Sierra camp and the Tuolumne store is, I don't know, two miles <laughs> like uh, west of where I was. So That's right. now I'm like, oh man, now they think I've been bludgeoned and dumped in the river or, you know, what the heck now? so that there's that I don't want them to worry more importantly I don't want this to take any more time of them feeling realizing what a jackass I've been by by going to the wrong spot when I was crystal clear that I was in the right spot so, so buddy I'm, I'm just buddy, like turbo <laughs> buddy says we're wondering if he got bludgeoned or something uh, we're sitting around the picnic table working on our second beer I look at chopper I say hey I wonder where buddy is and you know chopper shrugs his shoulders and we keep drinking yeah, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> BA pulled out her hammock and she uh, took a nap. <laughs> this whole time, like I'm, I'm putting them through, you know. We were waiting for the bus because the valley was closed and the bus wasn't going to show up till like, I don't know, three o'clock or something. So yeah. we didn't have time to kill. We had nothing to do. Yeah, I think we were like uh, taking photos and there was some cell service. So we were just checking in, letting people know we got to Tuolumne and stuff and yeah, we were just Washington. Washington teacher was there too. Yeah, he yeah, he was outside with us because yeah. everybody had to leave going back out towards Mammoth because the valley was closed. That was like the last stop for the bus. Yeah, yeah, I think we were told actually that we could go down into the valley. We can continue our hike, but because there's no bus service, we'd have to hike back out again. Yeah, and there's no yeah, service we were, down there. It was evacuated. Yeah, we were we were against that, and so you know with with my uh, delay by going to the high Sierra camp instead of uh, to the, to the store right away, um, waiting for that bus to, to arrive. I just squeaked in enough time to have a beer or two and a burger and talk with you guys and roll out my, uh, my sleeping pad and take a little nap. So it was, yeah. It I, was I, I just walking up and you were in like a neon shirt on this trip. And like you came up and you said like a big grin, like, Hey, I found you guys. And like, it, like your shirt was glowing more than it had that thing. I did, we were just like, Oh, you found a shower. Okay, cool. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I paid the, uh, the steep price of not a dime because it was just there open for uh, high Sierra campers. Yeah. So we had started this section, um, at Red's Meadow. We were going to, we were going to conquer the, 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 this 65 mile section, um, on this hike and then we the Ferguson fire screwed us all up and we ended up having to terminate our our trip that time at Tuolumne Meadows and so before we we uh, wrap up this segment I want to share what happened to Jukebox and I the following year when we decided that we weren't going to make our, our mileage and we were going to cut our, our trip short and get picked up at Tuolumne so I had to call Mrs. Doc and let her know I called her when I had that little bit of cell service at uh, around Donahue and asked her to come pick us up at Tuolumne. And so we, we then did the death march, you know, over Donahue down into Lyle Canyon and, and uh, that nine miles to Tuolumne. And we got to the High Sierra camp 
and I tried to explain, I just told her, pick us up at Tuolumne Meadows. Well, you know what, uh, what kind of geographic area that is. And once you're there, there is no cell service. There is no mm -hmm. cell service at that high Sierra camp. We're sitting in the parking lot, you know, hoping against hope that you would just show up there. And, um, we could not, I could not connect with her. Um, maybe I, I got, a, I had a phone conversation for about 10 seconds with her until the, the call failed. Uh, it was just, it was maddening trying to coordinate with her where to pick us up. And Jukebox got so frustrated that he left his pack with me and he was going to hike up out of that uh, parking lot up to the main road, which was yeah. probably a good half mile, mile, and try and flag her down on the main road. And so I'm sitting there in the parking lot. And this is, this is the funny part with two packs and uh, two sets of poles and this this woman in a minivan is there and she's waiting to pick up her family that's coming off of the trail at some point and she sees my dilemma she hears me trying to talk on the phone and the, the call not going through and she sees jukebox and his exasperation and him take off for the road so about another half hour goes by and i said oh i'm just gonna go up to the to the road there and so I put on my pack. I'm carrying Jukebox's pack on, on the front of me. I got both sets of poles, and I start waddling up out of the parking lot to, to the main road. And she goes, do you want a ride? Here, here's this woman that, you know, she doesn't know me from Adam. We just met, you know, half an hour ago. I uh, haven't really had a conversation or anything, but she turned out to be a trail angel, allowed me to throw my stuff into her car and drove up to the, the main road where we almost uh, had a car accident with – uh, Mrs. Doc and Jukebox going the other direction. So <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, the Ferguson fire thwarted us there, and um, we had to to vow to come back and finish that last last section from Tuolumne to Happy Isles, which we happily did. Was it a month later? Month and a half uh, later? It was in September. Right that. Was pretty late in the year. <clears throat> Yeah, we were, we were kind of in a race against time on a, on a weekend that we could make a getaway um, and also it not be too close to October when, you know, snow is likely to start. All right. Um, so in, in the break here with, uh, with, with pausing at, at Tuolumne, um, had, had, we had an interlude these, these six weeks or whatever. So before we came back, um, I had to make a, a visit to actually turned out to be one of my neighbors, um, probably less than a mile away from me, um, and made a little delivery, bringing a brand new set of, uh, of Lakey poles, really nice poles, um, better than the ones I own, um, and handed them right over Un, untouched, unwrapped, straight from REI. Um, and uh, you guys may ask yourselves, why'd you give away a brand new nice set of Lakey Poles? And that was because on the last segment, um, headed to Mammoth, um, we're getting ready to go the next day, and, and I had realized, ah, you know what, we're going out for a couple of days. I, uh, of, of all my packing, I left my poles right at the front of my garage. I, I grabbed everything else and not those on, for the drive up to Mammoth. Um, and the, the, the friend of BAs that was staying at the Chateau, super cool guy. Oh, you know what? I've got a set of poles. They're, they're great. They're in real good shape and go ahead and take those. And oh, that's super nice. Don't need to. And go through that whole dance to finally, like, I've got to take the poles because the guy's being so nice. 
um, make it through the whole hike. It is the, the bus pickup. We hop on that. It, I'm kind of dozing and dazing going down Tioga Pass. We get off in Mammoth. We get driving. I get home. And I seem to have a, a habit that week of leaving poles where they shouldn't be because <laughs> this guy's beautiful set of lakey poles left on the shuttle bus. Um, called them. Not, yeah, right, buddy. Sure. <laughs> somebody, somebody turned those in. Yeah, right. Um, and uh, yeah, so I got the, the great thing of buying a set of poles just to hand right on over to the guy who lent them to me. In true buddy fashion, brand new set. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. So we, we come back six weeks later, approximately, we find out that um, BA's mom is actually doing some kind of service project in Yosemite Valley on a particular weekend. And she invites us to camp at her site. Uh, there's a whole bunch of people there, but to you know, join her campsite there. So we actually spend the night in Yosemite. And then that morning, I think that was a Friday night, Saturday morning, we get up and drive to Tuolumne Meadows, drop uh, Buddy's truck there, and we hike from uh, Tuolumne Meadows back down to Happy Isles, and then take the return trip to to pick up the truck again. But that was a it was a quick two day trip to really finish off the the JMT for Chopper and myself and Buddy. It was a great trip. I really have fond memories of that campsite in Yosemite that Friday night. Uh, they had the it was a, it was a a large scale volunteer operation. They had chefs um, who would cook for all of the volunteers. And then I remember once the, the sun went down and uh, people were done eating, one of the chefs actually pulled out a guitar and was singing uh, by the campfire. And it was just amazing. He was doing a great job. Yeah, the people were so super cool. They knew what we were doing, that we were just spending the night there. We weren't part of their group and they were totally inviting come on in oh you guys are the you guys are the ones finishing the jmt come stay with us you know have breakfast with us have dinner with us they were the the nicest people that's what that's what outdoors people are like uh, it's the best people to be around it's it, it, it's hard to be rude to other people who are you know spend the night in yosemite valley you're all you're all in the same boat you're all doing the same thing it's like you know let's just let's just share some chili and have a good time <laughs> yeah we we uh had had two, three cars um, heading up there. BA and I, um, for what, from our work schedules, we couldn't go until a little later in the afternoon. So um, the going up through the, the San Joaquin Valley through, through Fresno and everything, that, that's as typical as that drive was. But then coming up and over out of Wawona and down into the valley doing the twists and turns, um, there's a car that had been ahead of us and you know, kind of taking liberties with the road and everything, we're driving along. And then there, there's a spot where it sweeps a little bit right, drops down and then hooks left um, as, as BA and I were driving. And I'm, I'm looking ahead and then I see dust pop up and I make a little evasive maneuver of that car and taking its liberties had spun itself out on the side of the road and was kind of spun itself backwards. And I had to loop around and go and go past it to get up to the campsite. I, I'm not sure I hit my brakes. I was like, get away from me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and there's one thing, one thing listeners should know about buddy and his driving. He is a, he is an expert driver. Uh, when he dropped jukebox and I off up uh, to Florence Lake, that one trip, what was the name of that road again? That was uh, Kaiser uh, Kaiser Pass. Kaiser Pass. He took that. He took that. The t the twists and the turns on Kaiser Pass like it was nobody's business. I, mean, I made it, it my own rally was, race. 
it was white knuckle time, but we were never in danger. He was just a, an expert. And so when he, I can just envision him, this car spinning out in front of him and him, you know, not even touching the brake, just a little bit of evasive action, like he says, and, and on we go. I got to get to that campsite. That's right. Ju jukebox on that Kaiser Pass was calling me baby driver. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Good stuff. So we got up early that next morning and headed out. I, mean, I think we were, we were packing up our stuff while it was still dark out and we all piled into, I think it was Buddy's truck, right? Yeah. I think yep. so. yeah. And uh, took, the, took the road from Yosemite to uh, Tuolumne Meadows and kind of parked it there. And it took us a little bit to figure out where the trail was, yeah, right? Yeah, because we got up to Tuolumne and the, the, the trailhead that we were starting at was kind of, you know, on the other side of like the big campground there. And we were hiking, we were going through people's campsites as they were waking up trying to find where the trail was, I remember. Yeah, there was, you know, we, we knew that the trail was just like quarter mile through, but there wasn't one specific path to get there. So, yeah. and it was, it was chilly, chilly cold that morning yeah. too. September mornings up, up that high get pretty, pretty nippy. Yeah. And the other thing I remember about this section, it was super dry. It was late in the year. There was Very. no water anywhere. There was no water crossings. You could tell where the water crossings used to be. Yeah. And it was a, it was crisp up there. And I, I remember every time we were going, like on our little maps, there would be like a little like uh, water water spigot symbol, and we're keep going, we keep going, and we're like, oh nope, that's dried up. Nope, that's dried up. Nope, that's dried up, and we just kept just had to keep going. Yeah. Before we get too far down the trail, I mean, remember we we kind of uh, hugged this mountain on our left for a while, and there are folks. You guys remember there were there were some some climbers. Yeah. Not, not backpackers, but climbers. And they were ca carrying all kinds of rope and uh, clips and other types of climbing equipment. How, how much do you think that stuff weighed that they were carrying? Oh, it was, it was probably like, you know, 70, 80 pounds. There was, they had a lot of gear. Yeah. Yeah. Cause up, 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 up by Tuolumne is just climbers country up there too. So they, there's tons of routes up there, but yeah, they, they those, these guys were really schlepping some they stuff. Yeah, so heading out of Tuolumne, we kind of circle left around this this huge rock formation, and eventually we get to uh, Cathedral Peak and Cathedral Lakes. And Cathedral Peak was was very easy to spot. It's a a very unique rock formation, kind of like uh, some spires. Mm -hmm. Looks like a cathedral. Pretty impressive. Oh, yeah, it looks yeah, like you may be right very on good. that. Very good. Aptly uh, named. God, that's not named after like Bob Cathedral. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. In fact, it was named Sir, Sir Bob <laughs> Cathedral. It was it was named in 1865 during the Whitney survey, and believe it or not, John Muir actually climbed the highest spire on September 7th, 1869. Or, or at least he told everybody he did. You know, he went on a little solo thing. He wrote a really you know meaningful poem about it and everyone just kind of believe it you, you say it with confidence uh, you know a smile <laughs> and a wave people are going to believe you that's that's my motto <laughs> but uh, we, we kind of trucked past that i think cathedral lakes were the last decent water area for for quite a while after that because yeah, I, I carry a little bit of grudge over that and i was like yeah i i, I know it's 300 yards away but uh let's on head over to the edge of the lake and get some water well, fine. You know, we, we're doing good. We'll get water at the next spot. Yeah. Famous last words. There's all sorts of water up ahead. 
Yeah, I say it's the best water supply area that we did not take advantage of. We said, yep. yeah, there's plenty of water up ahead, I'm sure. And we saw, we saw a water spigot sign uh, on the map, a symbol on the map. We should be at the high Sierra camp. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's where we see water and we're like, oh, there's probably some other. And it's just a sea of just dead grass and heat shimmers. And we're like, yeah, we'll have water up there. We're good. So and we trudge along. Was, that, that, the grudge was at myself for not going like, no, 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 no. You guys go ahead, but I'm getting water. <laughs> this is what I should have done. I was upset with you too. <laughs> <laughs> now, was Sunrise Camp before or after Cathedral Pass? Was that on the after downhill? After the way we were going. After. after yeah okay so yeah. we went over cathedral pass and then down to sunrise camp where i thought we were all very hopeful that we were going to get some get some water because it was a it's a popular campsite there are i think there's there are, there are pipes out there that yeah when uh, it's yeah, when it's seasoned it's mm -hmm. it's plumbed and and the whole bit yeah there, but we found the pumping station yep they, they it had been boarded up for the season but uh and also all the all the spigots capped so that was, we, we were, that's up on the hillside and, um, and I went to, to scout up there and I, I guess, you know, it, time passed faster where, where I was. Cause you're like, dude, where were you? And I, I just kind of, I was trying to be, be thorough and, and check for, for any spigot that, ah, ha, ha, they forgot about this one. Um, but, uh, no such luck. And, um, right before crossing over to you guys, I, I did take the liberty and, um, visit the, the latrine that was available there at the high sierra camp that's really what and, took so long came back and, with paper under your arm and i and i bring that up for two fantastic pieces of uh outhouse graffiti um <laughs> what one is that, is that where we were going on this what yeah, yes sir I, I won't let you down so one of them would just just tickled me that uh it said the narmada <laughs> JMT 2018 or something, the Narmada. So that was good. And then um, the, those of you that are that are familiar with with these pit toilets um, on the on the back wall as you walk in, it says it has a quote uh, from you know the creator of of the Sierra Club, uh, the illustrious John Muir. It says, "Close the lid, John Muir." <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I want to I want to hear from the Narmada. If you were part of the Narmada 2018, reach out, let us know. Check in with Let that. me be an honorary member. That's all I want in the world, be part of the Narmada. The Narmada. But you yeah, you were gone for quite a while. We all kind of uh, took a breather there lamenting the fact that there was no water to be found anywhere and that Brian, oh, I mean Buddy would uh would go and find us some water and would would let us know and and you were gone for like you said seemed like a half an hour. So I'm sensing that the theme and maybe the subtitle for this episode is where's buddy? Because we, we asked that several times on, on this part of the trail, where's buddy. And there, there <laughs> I was, was finding like, myself. There was also a couple that we were kind of pacing with that were dressed the same and they were out for like a long, that's right. A long run or something. They were very European looking. Yep. That's they right. The same outfits, really tight, tight. Yeah. Pretty interesting. All right. So we depart sunrise and uh, head down again. I mean, from this point, once we pass Cathedral Pass, it's all downhill. It's all, it's pretty much a, a steady decline all the way down to, to Happy Isles. But uh, again, we're looking for water. There is nothing. We get down to the bottom of the switchbacks and there is a sad little excuse of a stream. Buddy, 
muddy trickle that used to be you know, a small creek and now has a little bit of water in some places. Yeah, it, but we were all bone dry. So I mean, we sat there, it probably took us 20 minutes just to, just to uh, filter a liter of water. Yeah. Just so long. And uh, I, I, there, there was no way I was going to go with my standard policy of, you know, when you're, when you're up at those elevations away from cattle grazing and stuff, and, and I drink water straight from the source. <laughs> but uh, that, that water was definitely going through the filter before going anywhere near me. <laughs> There's a lot, of, a lot of people uphill from us. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what is your motto? What's that third tattoo? I will, I will not do anything deliberately stupid. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> yeah, good, good point. Yep. Filter that water for sure. <laughs> And it wasn't too far after that we got to our, our last campsite on the the John Muir Trail uh, for for Chopper and, and Buddy and I, and that was uh, it was a that was a decent campsite. I liked that campsite. It had it, it, was, it was cool. It was weird because it was in a area that had burned out maybe five ten years ago, and yeah. just so you had a really good views where the I imagine you know before the fire you were just in the middle of the forest and you have no idea what views of Little Yosemite Valley you were getting. Yeah, yeah. Most, most of the growth was like regrowth. So it was like shrub high and it looked like, oh, well, too bad we're in this burned area. But um, once we settled in, the layout of it was cool. And as the sun started going down and you, and you could see and get the shadows and uh, campfire and started eating and somebody resourcefully had a little flask for this last section. And oh, that's it, right. It was a, it that that was Chopper, and it was a really cool campsite. And you yeah. could see Half Dome in the distance. Yeah, yes, yeah. Because for me, coming down out of this, this was one of the coolest moments. Because yeah, we're starting to get into that burned out area, and there's like a little lip over to the left. And Chopper, I think you and I went up there. Yeah. And we're like looking around. I'm like, is that Half Dome? Is that Half Dome? Is that Half Dome? Can't figure it out. And then we get up on that lip, and then just boom, just the back of Half Dome. You're like, oh yeah, okay, that's. It's massive compared to everything. I find the biggest rock out here, and if that, that's of course. But, and at least for me, I don't think you could write any like just the irony of all of this. But there was a fire that started yeah. right when we were starting this hike. Of like we couldn't do this because of the Ferguson fire, and there was this little tiny fire that started right at the beginning of this, and we started to see the smoke, and we're like, "You have got to be kidding me." <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the the beautiful uh, fiery sunsets. I was gonna say it made for a great sunset. It was gorgeous. That was a cool oh, camp. Shoot. It was really really rocky, but yeah. plenty of places to sit up. And there was a little tiny stream that uh, ran by, so yeah. there was plenty of water. Yep. Mm -hmm. It was a as I as I recall, we we took we did some uh, little video uh, oh, reflections of of our last night on the on the JMT uh, before we finished it, and that was pretty cool. And then uh, I think the night got down to about, I don't know, maybe low 40s. Yeah, it was pretty It was a like crisp morning. night. It was cold. The next it was morning. less than that, 30s maybe. By, by morning, it was low 30s. Yeah. And we packed up that next morning and headed out. And one of the amazing things, it was just, it was almost magical. We came across some deer uh, mm -hmm. around the trail during this, this you know, not too far out of camp. And I think there were at least, six or seven deer just kind of bounding around and looking at us and we were following uh, them down that little kind of creep yeah. little crevice so we were with them for like an hour or two yeah and and truly wild and never hunted we there were times we were 
easily within 10 feet of them. And they're like, no, you're here too, huh? Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was one of those magical moments on the trail. It was just, it just, it was almost dream quality. It was, it was yeah. just so cool. So cool. Yeah. It was fun. And then we came to that, that magical point for me, which was uh, the half dome turnoff. You, mm -hmm. you get to that sign where you could make a right turn and, and head to head to half dome. And it was at that point that I realized, Hey, I've already done half dome, which means that I have, I have already, you know, laid, laid my feet on every inch of the, uh, the John Muir trail, which was, was really satisfying at that point. Yeah. And that's where you start seeing a lot of people because there's a the people on the trail coming up to half dome and we're, we're all geared up and they're like, Oh my God, did you guys spend the night up there? <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, we camped right at the, uh, the sub dome and it was beautiful. It was awesome. <laughs> Sunrise on top. And we would tell people, Hey, you know, we're finishing the, the John Muir trail and they say, Oh my gosh, that's so incredible. That's wild. And they, they assumed that, you know, we had, finished it in one fell swoop and I, I i didn't correct them i'd let them think that it was it was pretty cool yeah, for said, their sake for their sake that. keep the magic alive yeah <laughs> yeah and then then it was just down cruising along past all the all the sites of of the, the trail through yosemite uh, the, uh, the 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 three levels of hiker in yosemite valley that i i like to say it's the people who do half them the people who do Vernal, Nevada, and the people who make it to the bridge of Vernal, and we walked we walked through all three of them. Yeah, right. Did we take the Mist Trail down, or did we take the JMT down? Uh, Mist Trail. Mist Trail. Yeah. Yeah. It's about a mile and a half shorter, and we're all like, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Although, going down, well, granted, yeah, it was steeper, but the fact that we were doing it in September means it wasn't really a Mist Trail. It was more of a light spritz trail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was crowded, too, boy. Just, uh, oh, yeah frustrating to be walking in amongst all those people and trying to make decent time. It was, there was a lot of people there. Yeah. yeah. It was, you get to like the, the water fountains in the bathroom right, kind of at the Vernal bridge, it got really crowded and, and all of us were just put our heads down. Let's just power through like we've always done, but it's, we're just pushing, we're start push people out of the way. And like, <laughs> that's, I'm, I'm going through the mantra of they've got a right to be here too. They're yep. having a nice day. They've got a right here to be here, right to be here too. They are having a nice day. That's, that's very, that's very, that's very buddy-esque. Very buddy-esque. I am, that was, I am, that was I am, what was layered on top of my, would you just get out of my way? I am sure that's not what was going through Chopper's mind. Not a bit. I, 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 was, I was about to shoulder some people out of the way to, uh, to get down and get a beer at the, uh, the Village Grill, but yeah. Yeah, that, that little Easter egg of it, um, um, when BA and I came up, we, we brought a cooler with, with beer and, and stored that in a, in a bear box down. So we had a little, little celebration awaiting us. Yep, and do you know why it's called Happy Isles? Do tell. I, I'm going to tell you. So I'm going I'm to quote directly from Farquhar. Remember Farquhar? From his book, Place Names of the High Sierra says there are three islets just above the bridge which have never been given a place in Yosemite geography so far as I am able to learn and commemorative of the emotions which I enjoyed when exploring them I have named them the Happy Isles for no one can visit them without without for the while forgetting the grinding strife of his world and being happy nice. and that's from a, a letter from W.E. Dennison guardian of Yosemite Valley to William B. May secretary of the Yosemite commissioners 
October 25th, 1885 in the superintendent files in Yosemite. Nice. That works. Yep. Put a cap it. I'll believe it. I, I sure felt happy. <laughs> I felt real happy finishing that. <laughs> yeah. And the, the bonus was uh, there was a shower and I, I legitimately asked the guy if I could shower in the, the camp showers there, buddy. No, I didn't, I wasn't a, thower, a shower thief. <laughs> I, I was a, a shower communalist, Doc. <laughs> nice. I, nice. The, was... the attendant uh, at, at uh, the High Sierra Camp at Tuolumne, I asked, hey, is it cool if I go on in? He said, yeah, dude, go for it. Okay. All right. As long <laughs> as you ask, that's great. But it was, a, it was a fantastic shower. It was, it was awesome. It was cold, but uh, I, was, I was much cleaner after the effort. I, I took my shower too, swapped out for the, the you know, more civilian clothes that I had stashed for, for that. Um, and the clothes that I that I'd had from the trail, took those off right into the trash can outside of the, outside of the shower and on my way. Good, and, goodbye, bright yellow shirt. Yep. And we had a great lunch there too. Pizza and beer. Yeah, fantastic. Is it is it now Half Dome Village again? Uh, Curry Village. Curry Village. Curry Village. They, they we switched it to Half Dome Village, and now it's back to Curry Village. Okay, I know there was a dispute over the names uh, yeah. in the area, and they kind of resolved that, so it's back to Curry Village. Yeah, because we went up uh, with the family last August and did Half Dome, and it was back to Curry Village at that point. I think when awesome. we were there, it might have still been Half Dome Village. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. Definitely last. July of 19, it was definitely All right. Hey, it's that time of the episode. Pro tip inside of the week. What do we have, guys? Uh, it's got to be related to where's no, buddy. Where's buddy? I'll leave that one up to you. I'm, I'm going to throw in never pass an opportunity to get water. Yeah. Yeah. Cathedral okay. Lake says. If, if yeah. you forget your trekking poles, just, just forget them. <laughs> just give a firm no seriously i'm not gonna bring your poles <laughs> definitely uh definitely take downhill seriously it wears the app more than you think yep all very good those are all three solid candidates i'm gonna throw in a four solid candidate put a gps tracker on your buddy <laughs> <laughs> just honestly just tie a bell around his neck and we'll yep. just figure out where he is nice nice all right so there you have it that's it episode 19 is in the books I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I want to thank my team of co-hosts for helping me out here. Uh, there's only one section we have not yet discussed, and that is from Vedette over Forrester and up to Whitney. And we have plenty of stories from that part of the trail. And that will be a great concluding episode for our section-by-section -section analysis of the JMT. Hey, one more thing before we hit the end of the trail tonight. We've got a trail report from our favorite trail correspondent, Rob. He, of course, like the rest of us, has not been able to get out onto the trail, so it's not a live trail report. But he is going to share with us uh, some very interesting insights into Yosemite National Park in the winter, the dead of winter and snow camping and cross-country skiing. So, Rob... Take it away for us. What's going on everyone? This is Rob here. Doc reached out to me earlier this week seeing if I wanted to share a story from the trail. So I figured this would be a great opportunity to tell you all about a uh, fun overnight backpacking trip I did in Yosemite in 2019 uh, in January. 
So on this trip, there's myself and Casey, uh, trailing Naps, and he seems pretty stoked by that name, so I'm glad it stuck. Uh, there's also my good friend Dan and my good friend Brayden. So the four of us head out to Yosemite, uh, I believe it was mid-January 2019. Um, so Yosemite's got quite a lot of snow at this point. And the aim of our trip was to cross-country ski uh, out to Glacier Point. So many of you may know that uh, kind of for the duration of winter and into early spring, uh, Yosemite National Park closes Glacier Point Road at Badger Pass, which is a little ways up um, past like Tunnel View. And there's actually like a, there's kind of a ski resort there actually, which I didn't realize. And you can do a bit of skiing and snowboarding. There's a few little lifts there. Um, but pretty much they close Glacier Point Road after that point. However, uh, you are, you can snowshoe, you can hike, and you can cross-country ski on that Glacier Point Road, which is closed, completely covered in snow, all the way to Glacier Point. And they actually cut grooves in the, uh, in the snow view. So if you are cross-country skiing out there, it definitely helps um, as you can kind of follow them. And that would prove to be definitely essential for me in particular because I had never skied before. Um, as I said, I grew up in my last episode, I grew up in England. Um, we get a little bit of snow there, but not too much. So I'd definitely never been uh, skiing or snowboarding at all, but I'd seen a few pictures of people that had done this trip uh, in previous years and it just looked amazing. Um, the best thing about it is that, A, I guess maybe a lot of not, not a lot of people know really that you can kind of uh, ski or snowboard or, or hike out there or snowshoe um, so the advantage is there's pretty much like nobody out there really um, so you kind of feels like you have the whole park to yourself which is very rare for Yosemite obviously um, so actually at Glacier Point there is also a kind of a ski hut that is there you probably you can see it in summer if you go out there too um, and actually they do open it up so if you you know if you make your way out there you can actually pay to stay in that kind of ski hut overnight and they kind of give you a little bed um, pretty basic to be honest and I think they feed you as well um, however we didn't really fancy that you know we kind of wanted the full experience so we decided to uh, take our tent out there and we figured we'd give um, kind of snow camping a go which was uh, kind of a first experience for some of us. Um, so I think in our group, Braden was the only one that had uh, actually cross-country skied before. Uh, Casey and Dan, I think, had a little bit of experience, mainly more snowboarding, I think. So it was uh, definitely a learning curve for all of us. So uh, we pretty much got out of the car, got our stuff on. And as soon as we hit the snow, um, I pretty much couldn't stand up at all. Um, it took me like, it took me about 30 minutes to go, probably like 20 meters, to be honest. So at this point, I was thinking there's no way we were going to make like the 10 mile uh, ski out to Glacier Point. Uh, luckily, like I said, they have grooves in the trail. Um, so after a little while, I managed to kind of get dialed in a little, uh, get into those grooves and we started making good progress. It was definitely a lot of fun. Um, it's beautiful out there, you know, we, there was pristine snow. We only saw about three to four people on the whole kind of 10 mile trip out there. A couple of people actually skiing out and back for the day. And then we kind of ran into a few other people snowshoeing and skiing that were kind of doing the same as us. So it's a really pretty um, trip to get out to Glacier Point. I would thoroughly recommend it. Um, it's definitely painful if, like me, you haven't really had experience with that. So I definitely fell over a lot of times and you gain a little bit of speed when you're going down some of the steeper hills. And when you were in a backpack uh, like I was, you fall over, you pretty much feel like a, an upended uh, turtle. So yeah, it was definitely definitely painful and I definitely had a lot of bruising for like the following week, but um, it was definitely worth, worth it. 
So yeah, one of the best feelings was getting towards this glacier point towards the end of this 10 mile uh, trip. And you start hitting like the switchbacks where you have that like beautiful panoramic view looking out over Half Dome and the High Sierra. And it was stunning. They, I think they had some, we were super lucky with the weather. Um, completely bluebird skies, beautiful sun. Uh, and recently when I've been checking the webcams, they had quite a bit of snow. So we got really lucky with that. And yeah, there was, there was beautiful fresh snow out there. Half Dome had like a, a really nice cap of snow over it. Um, and basically we arrived probably at Glacier Point, probably by 3 p.m. I think we set off at about 9.30 a.m. So it was a pretty solid day. We were all pretty tired. And um, before kind of trying to find somewhere to set up camp for the night, uh, we thought we'd try and check out the ski hut because they had a fire in there and it looked warm and we were pretty cold. And we tried to sneak in and Brain and I managed to grab a seat on the couch uh, while Dan and Casey were outside taking a few photos. Um, and as we sat down and kind of like took off our shoes and tried to warm up our socks by the fire, uh, two other people tried to come in and they didn't let them in because they weren't paying to stay there. So Brandon and, and I at this point were trying to keep a low cover. Um, yeah, luckily we managed to stick in there for about another 30 minutes. Um, Dan and Casey kind of outside still, so we decided to head back out uh, once time was getting on. And uh, Brayden stole some chips from them because they said they actually couldn't even give us any water, so he was feeling a little bitter by this. So he got his vengeance on the way out. So shout out to Brayden there. Um, so it's getting kind of dark around 4, 4.30 p.m. by this point in winter. Um, we were kind of looking for our place to set up. And we thought we found a spot. We were just kind of started to dig out the snow right overlooking uh, Half Dome Glacier Point. Really cool view. When, uh, when Naps, he actually saw, um, I think it's an astronomy hut, uh, kind of a stone structure just to the west of Glacier Point, uh, about like 100 feet. And it looked pretty cool because it obviously has a roof and it's just kind of, it's just a stone structure, but we figured maybe like we have it with the roof and like kind of the stone walls, it would offer us a little bit of protection from the cold and the wind. So we kind of like made our way over to it through kind of like knee deep snow at this point. Um, and it has a wooden floor where a little bit of snow would come in. So this was actually perfect. So the aim was to snow camp, but we didn't technically snow camp because we ended up kind of like setting up a camp inside this little uh, astronomy hut. And, um, but yeah, that was, that might've saved us actually, cause I had a pretty, a pretty, uh, pretty bad sleeping bag at this point. Definitely, it would have been a cold, it would have been a much colder night for sure if we'd been sleeping on snow. Um, yeah, so we woke up the next day, uh, absolutely beautiful sunrise, probably one of the best mornings I've ever had being out in the backcountry. Um, we watched the sunrise over the back of Half Dome. We kind of felt like we had literally had the whole place to ourselves. I think there was maybe two or three other tents out there and then there was probably like 10 people staying inside the ski hut, but we were out first. And yeah, it was absolutely beautiful. I definitely recommend doing it. Uh, yeah, we made it back to the car on the second day uh, in a lot quicker time. We, Yeah, I had myself definitely had improved my skiing seal, skills, so uh, we made it a quicker trip. Um, yeah, so thanks for listening. Um, that was my first ever time cross-country skiing, backcountry, backpacking. So, yeah, it's, you know, if you feel like you want to challenge yourself, I would definitely recommend getting out uh, next winter and trying that. It's it's an amazing, it's an amazing feeling to be out there in Yosemite in the middle of winter when there's really, really the only people visiting are actually down in the valley and not venturing too far out. So it's a really cool experience. Thank you, Rob. That was great. I guess you can add to your resume the job title of snow hut 
time thief imposter. Very good. Thank you. Remember, if you are interested in being a guest contributor for the John Freakin Muir pod, there are a number of ways to get in touch. There's email at johnfreakinmuir at gmail.com, as well as Twitter at johnfreakinmuir and Instagram, johnfreakinmuir. And for clarification, there is no G in freaking. So that's a wrap from the John Freakin Muir studio. Any final thoughts, guys? Just happy the trails are opening back up. For sure. Get out this weekend. All right. Thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. Doesn't care if you want to go downhill. Doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. The trail is the trail. Embrace the suck. 